What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, uh, well, oh, it's late. Uh, just crossed over to Tuesday, so it's technically Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2013, and you guys are listening to episode 141. Um, I told you guys I did the last one late on um, on Thursday, going to have a quick turnaround um, and uh, doing it on a late Monday night or technically early on Christmas Eve. So obviously the last one before Christmas, we're going to talk about Christmas stuff. Got a lot of stuff to talk about on the show. Um, I did see a movie, so we're going to talk some Anchorman 2 because I saw Anchorman 2. A little bit of sports, not too much. Uh, Got an unacceptable, just we're going to get into a bunch of stuff. Um, So uh, sit back, relax. Hopefully this will be out and um, you're not going to be listening to this at work because if you're listening to this one at work, your boss sucks. All right. And um, you should be home with your family and um, probably shouldn't be listening to this. But if you are, then maybe your family sucks and you'd rather listen to me talk about shit. And uh, just shoot the shit with you guys, then be with your family. Either way, I hope you uh, some time, some way, somehow listen to this episode. Um, I had a great week. I I did some uh, did some shows, did a lot of shows this week, and um, you know, just kind of getting you know as many shows in and as much time on stage as you can before a couple of days off here with the family which I am looking forward to because I am off on Christmas Eve which is the big one for my family and Christmas Day obviously is my my wife's family's coming over we're gonna have like 22 people here in the new house so we'll see how that goes it's funny because my wife is like, uh, yeah, we're going to have everybody over and like, you know, we got a nice big house here. And then she's just like, oh, do we have enough chairs and tables? And, and then like, you know, the panic sets in and then you're thinking to yourself, why the fu- why are this many people coming if it's it's not just I feel like the amount of people you should invite for your home for the holidays, you should just look around, look at the kitchen table, look at the living room. You know, the dining room, see who could sit on the couch. And then however many asses could actually sit down comfortably, that should be there. I don't think any chairs or tables should be bought. I feel like if chairs or tables should be bought, it's just like, you know what, just, no, just don't come. You know, we're going to have people start sitting on fucking people's beds. I mean, enough's enough already. But we'll get into that. Um, But did some funny shows. Had some, uh, had some, uh, or I should say fun shows. That were funny, thank God. Um, did a bunch of shows at the stand. Great crowds at the stand this week, except one. One was really fucking weird for everybody. It was the weirdest thing ever. It was the weirdest thing ever. I've never seen. There was one crowd at the stand. It was on like the midnight show. I forgot which night it was, but this midnight crowd, and they just didn't give it to anybody. Like tried and true jokes that work for everybody. I'm talking an amazing, like I'm talking like amazing jokes all great comedians and just this crowd. It was almost as if the crowd was paid to if like and on the way in they were like, Look, just holding your laughter, even if it was the weirdest thing. Everybody walked off like, What the fuck was that? It was like, Are we getting fucking are we punk getting punked right now? Like this is the it was it was really, really weird, but everybody said it, so it was definitely the crowd and then, you know, the next night everything was great again. I, I don't know what happened with that crowd, but uh that was great. Also I had a great time I had a great time in um I had a great time in, in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And I always make fun of Brooklyn just because of how white people are comfortable there now. And 
and you know it's just i mean williamsburg is just i mean it, brooklyn is way too dangerous looking of a neighborhood for this many white people to be walking around comfortable now and fine, i don't give a shit if they talk about you know no it's changing in harlem too it's just it's i said on stage i said look i said you know i don't want to get robbed on the way to my car tonight but i want to feel like i might and i don't feel like i might and that got a laugh, but um, a friend of mine, uh, funny comedian Jackie Furback, uh, Jackie's originally from um, Seattle, she's uh, in New York now doing stand-up, and uh, her and a couple of her friends, they all kind of co-produced this show at this place, I think it's called Little Skips, I think, I'm not fucking that up, but it's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and it's this little, you know, little tiny spot, really cool, probably seats like 30 to 40 people tops. Uh, comfortably, and, um, you know, went in, didn't know what to expect, had a great time, they put together a great lineup, uh, Ari Shafir was on the show, um, my buddy Chris Lamberth was on the show, uh, a couple other comedians, uh, Jackie Furback was on the show, very funny, it was just a great, great time, so if you're in, um, in that area of Brooklyn and you didn't know that there was, you know, live entertainment and you know comedians working and uh go out to that show i think it's called little skips and um it's 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 called the big ups comedy show at little skips in bushwick brooklyn so check that out but it was really cool and had a great time doing that and um yeah we we had a lot of fun oh and then i ate at this place with chris lamberth and i thought it was going to be a good idea all right and it was not a good idea what happened was we drove back from the comedy show in Brooklyn to Manhattan to get our to get Chris's car. So I met my buddy Chris Lamberth. You know Chris. Chris is on the show. Chris is a friend of mine. Uh, and Chris is the one I always make fun of for going to all the movies before we go. He actually came with me to see Anchorman 2. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But So I met up with Chris in Manhattan. He was doing a spot, and then I picked him up, and we went to Brooklyn, and we performed in Brooklyn, and we went back to Manhattan to go to his car. But we were hungry, and we didn't have time to see a movie because by the time we got back to Brook- from Brooklyn, it was too late to see a movie. So we were like, hey, do you want to just grab a quick bite to eat? you want to go to a diner? What's open now? It's after midnight. What are you going to do? So... We are walking down the street, and this girl's walking down the street, and she looked like she lived in the neighborhood. So I said, excuse me, um, and she just kind of started to keep walking, and like she was really scared. And I go, um, are you are you from this neighborhood? And like as she was walking, she was pulling like one of those drive-by listening and try. and then she goes, yeah, and like kept walking. And I go, do you know what place we could, and I totally was being normal, you know, and I was like, do you know what place we could eat? And then she stopped and opened up, and she's like, Oh, you guys have to go to Empire Biscuit. And apparently it's this place in in the city and it's open 24-7 and it's just everything on a biscuit. You get fried chicken on a biscuit. You get eggs on a biscuit. You get all, all kinds of meats on a fucking biscuit. Everything's on a biscuit. So we're thinking good idea. Now I'm trying not to eat shit like that, especially late at night, but I'm hungry. And she's like, a local is like, you got to try this place. You got to try this biscuit place. It's got, you got to. So I'm looking and I was just like, um, and it, made, it reminded me of that old school Chris Rock movie when he was on SNL CB4. Remember the place Big Ass Biscuit? And the guy recognized his voice because he did like, 
like a gay sex line, and the guy goes, you have such a familiar voice. He goes, man, shut up, eat your big-ass biscuit. And it was just this gigantic biscuit on the plate. It reminded me of that. So we're like, we got to try this place. Come on, how many times are you in New York City after midnight looking for a place to eat, and you find out that there's a great place that serves everything on a biscuit? So I get a fried chicken, and it's little. It was almost like a little, like they were like, it's almost like a, if you've been to Kentucky Fried Chicken and you get those, those biscuits are little, and then they just throw something on it. So we got the, so I said, I go, you got a couple of first timers here. What what do you recommend? And he said, well, the fried chicken or the, the egg, the medium, like the poached egg or, you know, the medium poached, whatever it was. It was this like egg and it was just wrapped, it was literally wrapped in this, like, fried sausage. It was fucking delicious. And the chicken, the fried chicken, was just this fried chicken on this biscuit. And the biscuit was just really heavy and bready. And, of course, it's a biscuit, but it was just like a brick. And the chicken was okay, but it was really underwhelming compared to the egg which we split, we split it, the egg was so good, but I didn't like the biscuit, so just the egg with this sausage, however they cooked it, was something unbelievable, but the chicken after the egg was a little bland, so I get this habanero hot sauce, because I like hot sauce, and I load up on it, make it a little better, and I leave, and I'm walking out of there, and I just feel like there's a brick sitting in my stomach, and I I look over at Chris, and I go, what the fuck did we do this for? Why can't we just go, why didn't we just go to a diner, get a couple of eggs, an English muffin, and a coffee, and go home like normal people? Instead, we got to shovel fucking, you know, these softballs of bread down our throat, and uh, I'm just feeling it. I swear to God, okay, what that thing did to my stomach over the course of the next 16 hours, I was up all night with sharp pains in my stomach. Okay, I was running to the bathroom, not knowing if I was going to shit myself or throw up everywhere. I don't know what happened. And then it just went away. The pain finally went away. Like when it got towards like evening time, I started to feel better, but my stomach was a mess. Now I'm not saying Empire Biscuit is, is bad. If you like biscuits and fucking fried shit and you like to feel really fucking fat and horrible after you eat, it's amazing. Okay, but at the end of the day, you're shoving a fucking butter milk biscuit down your throat with something else. So that was after the Brooklyn show. But that that was uh, that was an adventure. It was a good hang. I always have a good time hanging out with my buddy Chris. All right, so I uh, did that. The great shows at the stand, and um, now we will uh, continue with the show. I was I want to talk about I want to talk about um, Christmas shopping. And I just actually, I noticed something for the first time ever Christmas shopping. Because you always get caught up walking with the crowds and going to the stores. And all of the food courts at the malls are packed. Everybody's buying coffee. And you just kind of get caught up in it. And I've realized something uh, this year Christmas shopping. I really have. And what it is, is that the actual product, what you are buying is shit. And it lets me know the difference between the middle class and the upper class and people that buy things that are, you know, people that buy things that are quality and good and people that just buy shit. And I mean, I'm walking around the mall and I'm going to all kinds of stores and I'm just looking and the quality, it's just these shitty fucking things and they're all marked down 50 and 60% off. And you're just thinking to yourself, like, I fucking love this person I'm buying this for. 
Why am I doing this? Why am I paying? Like, I want to spend the money. Like, my wife was like, you know, my wife wanted a pair of black boots. And it wasn't really on my radar to get her boots this year because she's got a really nice pair of black boots. She just wanted another pair for a different type of look. And I'm walking in all the stores and I'm going in like all the typical stores that you go on, you know, you go in in the mall. And they're just shit quality, cheap fucking boots that these fucking cattle are lined up for. And it was kind of sad because it let me know that me being in those stores, you know, even though we do okay, me and my wife, we do okay. But it just let me know that like, you know, I'm still not where I want to be up in that upper fucking, you know, going into fucking nice stores that aren't crowded. That's how you know you're in a good store when not a lot of people are in it. All right, it's like going to the Vegas tables. The $5 and $10 tables are all fucking packed because nobody's got money. But then you go to a craps table that's $25, $50, $100 a roll, and there's plenty of fucking room because people don't have the money. It's the same thing with shopping, you know? You go and everybody's just lined up like cattle to buy the same cheap fucking shitty $35 pair. Of, and I'm just, it, it was just really, and you're looking at the quality and you see where all the shit is made. All the shit is made in Asia. It's just shitty cloth. It's just bad. And then you're on a line that's wrapped around. You should have saw the line in Old Navy. The line at Old Navy in the mall. I walked past it. I didn't even walk in the store. I walked past and I looked at the line. And you would have thought fucking... It, it, it was like when... when when the new Star Wars movie came out. And those nerds were lined up dressed like Chewbacca and shit. It was like that. To buy a $6 fucking outfit. And it's like, you love that person you're giving that $6 outfit to. You love them. That's a loved one. You can't wash that fucking thing. That thing is going to fall apart. It's going to just be like a, a ball of thread. I, you know, I don't know, man. It was just really... I mean, I just want to buy... I would rather buy my wife or my loved ones one or two quality things... Then buy and, and don't get me wrong. Listen, people need sweatpants. People need shit like that. I get it. We all need nice, comfortable clothes that are inexpensive. So you got to wait on those lines. And I'm not trying to act like I'm better than anybody here. I'm just saying, if you look at the quality of the product that they're making, even in good stores, it's all the same. It's just the same everywhere you go. It's the same, unless it's like a really nice store. And it just kind of got me down. And just seeing everybody just lined up doing the same thing, myself included. I was like, oh, this sucks. You know. But I do like, one of my favorite things to do is like I like going into a nice store like a Macy's or like a Nordstrom's or like a Lord & Taylor or like a really nice store like that. I like going into stores and then kind of shopping and then seeing the people that like work and they help you and they're really accommodating. And if you're looking for jewelry or you're looking for a sweater, oh, come over here, look. And I just like that just made, that feels like America. That feels like the way that it should be. And it's awesome, you know. And then you go into fucking Old Navy or, or Target or somewhere like that. And like, oh my God, I think it's over in the back. Let me, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's been crazy. As you, it's, and, you know, and just people are, you know, online with fucking like goldfish dog food and a fucking shitty pair of earrings. And you're just like, I don't know. I don't know. But um, I, I, I have been enjoying the Christmas shopping um of like walking around and just, you know, it's, you kind of just have this nice, I like buying things for people that I love and care about. I like to give that, you know, but, um, I just do like, I, I, 
my wife said to me, she was like, you know, get me, get me, you know, my wife was like, if you're going to get me something that's really not cheap or just something like that, just kind of get me these type of earrings that I could wear every day or with anything, you know, just like regular earrings, like, you know, and I'm like, all right, you know, and she's like, where? It's like, oh, you could get them here, here or there, you know, and I'm going to the stores and stuff. And my wife was trying to be nice and not have me spend, you know, a lot of money on earrings and stuff. And I go into these places that, you know, just have like basic regular earrings that, you know, a woman could wear to work every day, you know. No crazy designs or big, like, gigantic, weird earrings. Just regular, normal earrings. And I go in, and I'm just looking at the quality, and I'm feeling it, and I'm looking at the prices, and I'm like, I can't buy my wife that. I can't. I just can't buy my wife that. I, if I'm, so, you know, then I went into a better store, and I saw similar ones, which I guess were real and better. And, you know, and I bought one of those. And I don't know. I would rather do that. Buy a couple of things a few nice quality good things that you know she can wear or or use that will last for years instead of just all this other quick shit. You know the quick little shit I like for the stocking. You know a little stocking stuff for stuff like that but so I, I almost finished. I I went in I went into two malls in White Plains yesterday. I was in Danbury, Connecticut, the Danbury Mall tonight and I'm pretty much almost done. Here's my dilemma. Now I have to wrap these. I talked last year about wrapping presents. The presents, when I wrap presents, it honestly looks like my four-year-old son and his friends just got scotch tape and wrap. I mean, it's it's so bad. And like I said, my mother is the world champion of wrapping presents. She'll go toe-to-toe with anybody at Macy's or any of those wrapping places. She's she's a fucking legend. She is a legend. When my mother wraps a gift, it looks like it sh- it's such a good wrap, it shouldn't even be opened. You shouldn't even open it. I don't give a fuck what it is. It just shouldn't be open. It's that, it's that, you should admire, the gift is the wrap job. I would, I would just take an empty box from my mom and just have her wrap it and do all the shit she does to it and just be like that. I mean, it's, it's like, what? It's my mother's wrapping is like Jordan's fadeaway in his prime. My wife is really good at it too. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I can't get it right. I just, I estimate and I'm awful with math. So you know how bad that is. So one side is nice and tight and then the other side wraps around, like wraps over, you know, like fucking Donald Trump's comb over. That's what the, (laughs) that's what the, that's what the paper looks like uh, (laughs) on one side. But, I did something cool this year where I didn't just run into places and get like, oh, just get them that. Oh, you know what? Just get them. Just get them. You know, any color shirt, or you just run in and just get this. Or like, I really was like, what is like nice? What is sentimental to certain people? You know, like I just wanted it to be like, yeah, you put some thought in it because we've all done that. Where it's last minute, you're running around the mall, you're grabbing fucking socks that are weird color. You don't care. You're just you got to get you got to get it done. You're not even looking at the thing. Someone opens it. They're like, oh, my God, a little camera. And you're like, oh, man, I thought it was a radio. You know, like, it's just, you don't even know. But, um, so I think I'm done. I might last minute. You know what I do? Because my wife and I, we, me and my wife, we always do this thing every year. My wife and I get ourselves, you know, nice stuff. And when there's like a little pile for each of us. And she always manages, no matter how good I think I did, she always manages to like outdo me. So I want to keep getting things like little things or just, I just want to keep getting. So like I have the same amount, like she has the same amount of boxes to open. So, but we always do a great job for each other. My, my, my son and daughter are pretty much going to get everything. I mean, these kids have no idea how, like they better be appreciative of this because like they have no idea.
Because those Christmas movies are full of shit, too, aren't they? Where it's like, all I want was this, all I wanted, well, you know, the Christmas story, all you wanted was the gun, and, you know, all... You know, it's just like, I just, he wanted that skateboard, or he wanted that bicycle. And, like, what it re- it's a fucking list. It's a bratty, spoiled list, and it's what's happened. They want all kinds of Xbox games. They want this, they want that. I mean, I want that. I fuck, I want, you know what I want? I want an Xbox One with, like, Madden and a couple other things. But she knows not to get me that because I'm the worst with video games. I'd be really excited. I'd hook up the Xbox. I'd play Madden like three times the first night I had it. Maybe have a friend over, play them once in it. And then I would probably let it sit there, collect dust for five years and never play it again. And it would be a waste of a system. That's what I do with video games sometimes. Other than Halo. Halo, I just got into so much that I played. I, I, I beat the first and third one. I never played the second one. I'm smart. This year, you know, I just turned 35. I'm not going to call myself old yet. You know, I think like 39 to 40 is when you cross over to getting older. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say that I'm still a young man at 35. Okay, just turned 35. Closer to 34. Um, but... You know, I want to just get some nice clothes. Get some nice clothes. I got the shoe, you know, I got my, like my foot, my foot gear is good. I got my closet full of shoes, sneakers. My foot gear is good. Just got to step up my, you know, I want to step up my, um, my shirt game for the winter. Because I have too many sweaters, but I don't have enough shirt. I have a million sweaters, but I don't have enough shirts. So I want to step up my shirt game. And uh, you got to know what you want for Christmas. You know, you got to know. Another thing, overhauling all the socks, that's it. All the new there is nothing better. I have said this many times and I will say it again on the show. There is nothing better. There is nothing better than the new fresh socks. I want all new socks. I like warms. I like all kinds of socks. I like socks with the fucking padding underneath. I love socks. I don't know what it is. I love socks. Socks and fucking gummy bears. I mean, those should be in my stocking every year. Um, and I didn't even really have an, an unacceptable for the shopping. One woman did something I didn't understand she did. And she was probably just overworked and underpaid. So I kind of gave her a pass. I wasn't that mad. But I walked into a store to buy jewelry. Okay, it was a shitty little, like, one of those, like, it was just for, I was, my, my wife's telling me, like, she don't want me to spend money on this on these earrings. So I walk into this place in the mall, and there's nobody in the store except a lady standing in the front, near the entrance, and a woman behind the counter. And that's it. And it's a kind of a small little boutique. And I walk in, and no, hey, can I help you? Walk Nothing. Nothing. And I walked in, I looked around, and part of me, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I would say that just from being personable, being like a, a nice person or having some kind of personality. I go, oh, hey, how you doing? You don't have nothing. So maybe she's going through something. I don't give a shit. And then I just looked, and I was like, this is cheap shit anyway, and I walked out. And I was thinking that for an unacceptable, and I'm like, no, that's not unacceptable. You know, maybe her boss just told her that she has to come in on... Christmas morning for two hours or maybe he's got to work later on Christmas Eve and she's you know she didn't even think of this stupid fucking guy that just walked in she's not she doesn't want to she wants to do a smile at me when she gets bad news so I gave her a pass I mean it's still not cool but I you know that's not the unacceptable that I have um but I'm going to give a little secret to Christmas shopping I figured out the time 
You will thank me next year. I figured out the time when you go shopping. It is a no-brainer. It is like a military sniper. It is like the Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 6 going in to get Bin Laden. This is what you have to do. Okay, to do this is what you need to do. You need, this is the time to go shopping. The night before, like so tonight, so this is Monday night, I'm in the mall. Okay, now it's crossed over to Tuesday or very, I mean, you know, um, you know, two one thirty in the morning, but we'll call it Monday night. So Monday night, so the, the Christmas Eve Eve, the night before Christmas Eve, you go to the mall, the malls are open till midnight. On the night before Christmas Eve, because that's when everybody finishes it up. But it dies down at like 10, 30, 11. So if you get to the mall at 10 o'clock at night, the night before Christmas Eve, like a sniper, like a, like a, like a SEAL Team 6, you go in there, you have your list of shit you need to do. You map out the mall, where it's at, where this is, and you go in and boom, boom, boom. I'm telling you, the lines are so much less. You could even sneak in to get a quick bite. You can get into the stores, get all your shit. You get out of there. You dive into your car. You close the door. You peel out, and you just robbed it. You, 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 you just robbed your time because otherwise you're sitting there in a fucking three-ring circus of animals. I'm telling you, you got to go in 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and you have an hour and a half to get all the stuff you need. Even if you need to get eight things, not many people are there and you just go boom, boom. In a half hour, you'll get two or three. And you just go and you bang it out like that. I'm telling you. I looked around and I go, okay, this is the way to do it. It's kind of like going food shopping in the middle of the night. For a 24-7 place, you got like an A&P or a stop and shop or, or one of those places that, that are open or even until midnight and you get in there at 10, 11 o'clock, you go up and down the aisles and you just get everything you need and you walk right out and there's no lines. It feels so much better, so much more private. If you guys haven't noticed uh, in all of the time you've been listening to uh, whether you've listened to my stand-up or you have listened to my show on a regular basis and if you do, I really appreciate it. Um, but I'm definitely a private, you know, I live up in a country. I, I, I'm not really, I love people. I'm personable with people, but I, I don't like being around a lot of people that much as far as like talking or like, no, no, I shouldn't even say that. I just like, like, I don't like being in the masses. I don't like being on lines. I have a hard time with with authority, like not authority, I don't like being told what to do or go into that line or do this or this is how you do it. I'm not good with that. Yeah, that's a big reason I dropped out of college is because I got tired of I, I got tired of be, having to be somewhere. And I know this is probably a problem. This is probably lack of discipline in my life. This is probably you know I'm not saying that this is a good thing, but I'm I was never good with like. All right, we're going to do this and, and, and telling me what to do. And I mean, I dropped out of college because I didn't want to listen to the professor talk anymore. I was like, I, I got to go go on stage in New York City. I got to just go on stage. I'm going to have being in comedy clubs and making people laugh at, a, as, at 21 years old. I want that to be my college. You know, not to, you know, that, uh, you know, even with jobs and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I've talked about it before, but telling a grown adult they have an hour for lunch is, is fucking one of the most, I can't, it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. You're telling a grown adult 
Okay? Somebody with free will. You know, and, and it's so simple. It's that That's such a simple fix, too, because all you got to be like is, hey, listen, you know, go to lunch, take your time, enjoy your lunch, but we'd, we'd appreciate it. You know, if you could, like, how much better would that be if your boss said that to you? That would make you want to eat less in less time. Like, if, if I sat down with you and you were like, all right, listen, here's the deal, okay, that's your desk or that's your cubicle, you're gonna, you need to make, uh, you need to make, uh, you know, 60 calls a day to get your money, and if you don't make those 60 calls, you're not gonna get your money, you have, uh, you know, you have, you have 60 minutes for, for lunch, and if, if it goes to 61 minutes, you'll get doc pay, and you're gonna get written up, and if you get three write-ups, it's a firing, it's like, I can't, I, 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 I don't understand that, for me, I would, I would love it if they were like, Hey, you know what? Um, we, you know, we frown upon kind of goofing off and not really, you know, doing your work. Um, we're not going to give you a number, but you know, we'd love for you to just be at your thing and make as many calls as you can. You're going to have a list there. Uh, we trust you'll do the right thing. That's why we hired you. Um, go to lunch, please. Um, you know, eat your lunch, enjoy it, take your time. Obviously, uh, you know, we don't want to rush you when you're eating, but you know, if you could kind of keep it to a normal time like that, you know, we like people to kind of, you know, take like an hour, maybe a few minutes, give or take, but that, you know, that's it, but you know, do what you want to do. That would make me go, this guy is so fucking cool. I'll eat my lunch in an hour, maybe a little less. I'll bang out as many calls. I got a cool boss. I got a good thing going. That's, that's the way it should be. I don't know how I got on that topic from going to the supermarket, by the way, or, you know, but basically what I'm saying is I like to be left the fuck alone. And if you like to do that when you shop, do what I just said. <laughs> there, we got there. All right, we got there. Sorry. Sorry I veered off for a second. But that's why you love Verzi Effect Podcast. With me, your host, Paul Verzi. Episode 141. Nice smooth flow to the episode. You know, we're almost at a half hour. I feel like, yeah. If this was a flight, you know, if we were flying, I would say this is, you know, we got a nice start. Everybody got their, you know, feet up, eating some peanuts, a good movie's on the screen. We're, 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 we're cruising right now. We're doing well, half hour into this thing. And uh, we didn't even get into an unacceptable, we didn't even get to a movie yet. So we got smooth sailing here, everybody. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Keep the comments coming, by the way. And uh, what else do we have? Okay, we're going to get into this now. I know I've been fun-loving. I haven't been too angry. I think that's my change with this. It's going to, I know for a fact it's going to, because a voice just said, yeah, you're going to get upset. Not like a real voice, but my head telling me that. Fuck you. You know what I mean. Steve Martin tweet. The Huffington Post or one of these bloggers or whoever, whoever did this, okay? See, right now it's over. Steve Martin did a tweet, and they're calling it racist, and they were like this and that, and then so, and then I looked at the whole thing. They were like, "Oh, comedian under fire for for a for a racial tw- tweet," and uh, I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the tweets. Someone's like, "Wow, Steve Martin, really disappointing," and he's like, "I know, I've learned that. That's why I took it down. I did apologize," and like he took the tweet down real quick, and he apologized, and people get. And I looked at the tweet, and it wasn't even that bad. It said something like. Um, how what was something about? Is it African American or are you just in a in an in an Olive Garden or something? I think it was some kind of stupid. I don't. You know what? I'm not. It wasn't even worth me really like 
looking at it, like reading it that much after I originally, it was basically some joke between African-American or Italian or fucking, I don't know, Olive Garden or whatever it was. I just looked at it. I said, wow, should that be really offensive? I said, no, it's actually kind of funny with his comparison or whatever it was. And he took it down and I, I tweeted, I tweeted at Steve Martin and I tweeted at, you know, whoever else. And I just said, or then people were like coming back and, you know, tweeting what I said. But I said, you know, how sad is it that Steve Martin had to apologize for a tweet that's not even that offensive? You know, hashtag sad times. And that's what it is, man. This is fuck. This is bullshit. Okay? You were talking about almost a 70-year-old legend of stage and screen, you know, of, of just, you know, comedic comedic genius and timing and amazing characters on TV and, and outside-the-box stand-up and, and Saturday Night Live sketch comedy. I mean, you're talking about a comedian, a, a comedic giant who went on Twitter as almost a 70-year-old man to be funny, and he said something about African-Americans or Italians or in the Olive Garden, whatever he said. I don't know. I don't even know. And I'm not even looking at it right now, but I looked at it yesterday and I go, that's really not that bad. And other people were outraged by it. Give me a break, man. Give me a break. Can anybody say anything anymore at all? I said the only thing that the media wants to report about these days is school shootings and an artist's, you know, right to free speech. I'm not kidding around, man. I hope, I really hope to God, you know, God willing that I continue to do what I'm doing in my career and I can get to a level of this in my career and in my life where, you know, you know, I can say things that on, on, a, on a grander scale as far as who's going to really, you know, where it's going to be. And, and I will not apologize for anything that as a, as a comic. Are you kidding me? And it wasn't even that bad. So what's going to happen if somebody said you can't say anything? And it's like I never understood that. Do you guys think that Sam Kinison or, or, or George Carlin rest their souls? Do you think those guys would apologize for fucking anything that they said? You think Doug Stanhope, who's a great comedian today out there, you think he's going to apologize for anything that he said? You know, Bill Burr. Okay, nobody, you don't apologize for what you said unless you really said something where everybody can clearly know that you were just mad and it wasn't really you and it's not your, you know, and it's not your style or whatever. But that whole Tracy Morgan thing, Tracy Morgan coming in and saying, you know, I guess he said, you know, if, if if my son came home and said he's gay, I would, you know, cut his throat or do something like that. And then like he, you know, but it's like it, it's when a comedian says something, first of all, you have to understand it's a comedian saying it first. OK, it's not somebody who is, you know, in the government. It is not somebody that can write legislation. It's not somebody that can can really change. The, I mean, it, it's a comedian's words. And a comedian's words sometimes can be harsh, sometimes can be offensive, sometimes can be silly, sometimes can be goofy, you know, and sometimes write a tweet and maybe it comes across a little bit, you know. And I'll give you a perfect example. I put a uh, Facebook status the other day on and I read it and I go, you know something, even though this is funny, it's going to kind of be misconstrued, and, and, you know, and I'm just not going to. I, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to take this down because it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. 
And what it was was I said something like may, may, maybe um, the 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 thing I think I mentioned I said maybe Megan I think Megan Kelly is wrong, I think Santa Claus is black. Oh no, I said I think Megan Kelly is wrong about Santa Claus being white. I said because Santa Claus comes to the house real quick, he eats the food and then leaves without the kids seeing him ever. I said sounds black to me, and that's funny. I don't give a fuck. That's funny. If you think that I have malicious racism in my heart because of saying that, you can fuck yourself. Period. Okay? Because it's ridiculous. And, you know, but even then I was like, you know something, I I have, you know, and I'm sensitive to it because, like, listen, I have black friends. I, you know, and I don't ever want to, I don't ever want them to think anything. And even though they don't and they know me, I was just looking at it from that standpoint. But if, but that was just my thing. But I would never, I'm not going to apologize. I'd be like, yeah, I did something, man. And I could see how some people might not like it, so I took it down. But I'm not going to be like, oh my God, I'm really sorry if I, if I, it's like, no, I'm a fucking comedian. I'm trying to be funny. If you don't know that, if you don't know, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's like this, you know, think about it like this. If you walk somebody as a comic, and for you people that don't know the lingo in comedy, where walking somebody means you say something on stage and the person just get up, gets up and leaves. They walk out of the room. And they sometimes they complain to the booker or the manager or the owner on the way out saying, we came for a good night and we paid and we bought some drinks and we wanted to have a good time. And this comedian is saying this is so offensive. We're never coming back here again. And that happens all the time. Is every comedian going to find out that person's name and info and call them and apologize and say, oh, I'm sorry if you were offended at the show. I heard you got up halfway through my show and left and, and I'm, I'm really sorry if I offended you. And say, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to say, get the fuck out of here and I'm going to appeal to the people that like me and want to see me. That's it. But somebody in Steve Martin's case, who you know is just an older guy, he's on Twitter, he's you know new to Twitter, you know, guy's plugging his banjo band all the time, or, or, or you know, stuff like that, he's not a malicious guy, give me a break, that's unacceptable for the week, unacceptable for the week is whether it's the Huffington Post or, or, or any of these stupid fucking bloggers, again, it's unacceptable, and 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 a, and a part of this unacceptable is is Steve Martin himself having to apologize and taking that down because that's what that's what people do because even a guy at that level is scared to lose what he's got because of what the media can do even a guy at that level you're talking about you know Saturday Night Live you know the jerk fucking this movie that movie legendary all of it even that guy even that's how powerful the media is that a guy like that can be dragged through the mud because of a tweet that wasn't even that bad unacceptable the whole thing him taking it down him apologizing them making that news it's sickening and it's unacceptable these are the times that we're living in man and i'm not trying to say say that to sound like some old it's, it's ridiculous these are the times we're living in man he didn't say anything bad they're acting like i mean oh he's just raised they're making him sound like he said something bad like when you when, when I when I hear something like that, like comedian says racy thing, really under fire. It I'm thinking to me, that's like ah yeah, yeah you should cut that faggot's dick off and shove it down that nigger's throat and shoot a Jew. Like that's that's what I think of when I think of over the top awful. Not some stupid African American comparing to or was he at the Olive Garden or whatever it is? Is it stupid? Unacceptable. 
You can't say anything anymore without somebody saying something. That's why, man, I, I, I swear to God. I don't know what's happening in show business right now. They greenlit a show called Fat Cops. It's a it's two fat cops walking around doing what regular cops do, but they're fat. That 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 show got greenlit. Okay, people doing. I mean, it, it's what's happening. You can't say what you feel anymore. You can't say something. You can't say a joke. You know what they should do? It should just be like. Wow, so-and-so says bad joke, or wow, you know, that didn't hit the way he wanted it to. But that, that doesn't define who you are. If you say something stupid, if it has to be raised, it doesn't define who you are. Now, I'm starting to understand, man. I'm starting to understand what the hell's going on with this shit. And it's bad. It's not good. It's bad. It's It's, it's not, there's not a... I don't know, there's just not a a realness or a toughness anymore out there to anybody. You know, but there's there's always some kind of like some feelings that are out there that are going to get hurt that you can't say anything. It's 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 sickening. It's that's all that I could say. It's absolutely sickening and scary. Whatever happened to fending for yourself or or getting through something yourself or or, you know, being bad at something and kind of being mocked for it and getting better at it and being like, wow, man, that fucking person turned it. I'm not saying being bullied, but like now it's, it's true. It's, it's all this like, you know, everybody could participate and let's just all have fun and this person doesn't have to be better. We're not talking about better. We're all doing this and we're all doing that. And it's like, no. It shouldn't be like that. Everything is just fucking all of this, this whole, this whole sensitivity thing everywhere. I mean, it's Steve Martin. Guy can't make a stupid joke without having to have somebody go, oh, this is, I swear to God. I I wish somebody could find the reporters that do this. The reporters that actually print that and think it's a big deal and they walk away with their fucking stupid sunglasses or their stupid glasses on or whatever the fuck they do and they, they skip out and they're holding their big ass frappuccino mochiata bullshit and they think what they're doing is a good job and they're just just cynical pieces of shit and somebody can somebody can take them into a room, close all the lights dark and scare them to damn near death. To the point where they're pissing and shitting themselves and then really put some fucking serious, serious controversy and anger and fear in their voice and say something to them and make them go, now do you see the difference between this and that tweet, you dumb cunt? Do you see it? Now stop writing things and go do something that makes sense, you asshole. How about that? Some stupid tweet. I don't care what my bosses want me to report. Shut up. Do do something meaningful. You stupid asshole. People need to be scared to the edge of their life to really understand what they're what 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 really matters. I I truly believe that, and that goes totally back to what I was saying about the mafia is the best policy. It is. It's the best policy. Wow, that got dark quick. But the point is. <laughs> I need to I need to understand why these people do this and what what's happening. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. Unacceptable. All right, I'm going to just move on because 
It went from a happy, nice little, you know, fun talking about some Christmas shopping and all kinds of stuff like that to to the media and what the media is doing to great artists and, and how great artists can't use their free speech anymore without some kind of criticism from some talentless excuse for a journalist. So we will move on. Now. It's I, I, it's just so me too to say dark room, like I don't even know why I would say dark room saying me things, but I just I just think of pitch black dark, totally scaring somebody to the edge of their life. Uh, but let's move on to the movies, everybody. We this is a good, this is a good way to. Um, wait, is this going to end the new year? No, I think I'm. Am I going to do? Is this the last one of the year? Wait, today's the twenty fourth. Right? So six or seven days. This might be, I don't know, this might be the last one before the new year. I don't know if I'm going to fit another one in, but um, I'm glad that I'm doing a movie on episode 141 here. And uh, it's a highly anticipated movie I did see with my buddy Chris Lambert. I saw Anchorman 2 with the hilarious Will Farrell, David Koechner, Steve Corral, Paul Rudd, and just a, a slew, a litany of other people that were in this movie and um you know I went in with um you know I went in with some expectations of of it being um you know not as good as the first one and you know if I got to be 100% honest I don't I don't think it captured what the first one did um I now before I say that I was disappointed and I was disappointed I'm not going to lie I was disappointed in the movie Okay, um, and it's hard for me to say that, and I'm not going to lie, because uh, I had the pleasure of uh, hanging out with uh, David Koechner and, and, and Paul Rudd uh, at a comedy show, and um, love those guys, man. Josh Larson, just people in the movie, great people. And But I also want to say that I did not like Anchorman the first time I saw it. The first four times I saw it, I was annoyed with it. I was like, this is stupid. Now, maybe like the first two or three times I was annoyed and thought it was stupid. And then by the fourth or fifth time, I realized how genius and great and outside the box and funny it was. So I'm hoping that this happens here. I just felt like they did too much with other characters. Like, I just felt like, and I don't want to give anything away if you didn't see it, but I just felt like characters came in from all different angles and and just so many different I don't know. I just it just it just didn't connect the first time with me. Same thing as the first one, but you know, I'm hoping. But I just felt like I don't know. I I, I did I laugh out loud a couple times, and of course I did. Like you know, Ron Burgundy said some really funny things, of course, and I I laughed out loud in the theater a couple times. But then there were some things where I was like, ah oh, man. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I think Chris was a little disappointed, um, and I felt like it was just ah. You know, it, it's so hard to follow up on something like that, especially 10 years later. You know, it, it is. But there was a lot of joke. I'm going to watch it again and, and give it, a, you know, let me know what you guys thought of it. But, um, it, you know, it, it was it wasn't what I expected, you know, and it, it was slightly disappointing if I had to be 100% honest. Um, the actors were phenomenal. The acting was great. They They nailed it. You know, they really did, but I just felt like the story didn't connect with me. And um, I'm going to watch it again, and I'll see what happens. But let me know what you guys thought. But as far as the acting, I mean, Paul Rudd, I mean, Paul Rudd is just... All of them, though. Every one of them. Every one of them in the movie nailed it. 
but I just don't, I, I, it, it was just like, I felt like the story went all over the place and I know what they were doing. They're trying to make this thing as good as you can after the first one. It's a classic. You're chasing a classic. What can you do? There's, you know, it's no way can you, can you get it to the, I, I don't know if you can. That's why I'm hoping Dumb and Dumber, you know, they do a good job with Dumb and Dumber because you never know. You know, the first one was just so legendary and, uh, you know, I feel like when, I just feel like you're chasing something that's just so hard to... Because the thing is, you didn't know what it was going to be in the first one. The first one, everybody's just free and they're going at it and they don't know. But then all of a sudden, now you have this thing and instead of just being free and going with the story, you have to follow up and make sure that, oh, well, we did this in the first one. Should we do this in the second one and all that? So, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Dumb and Dumber. But, um, you know, let me know. I, I I heard some people liked Anchorman too. You know, I'll tell you the next two movies that I am going to see, um, and I think I'm, I'm going to try to go tomorrow. I want to see uh, Wolf of Wall Street and American Hustle. Those two, I definitely want to see. And uh, the movies that I missed this batch around this, you know, for this batch in the theater, I'm waiting for the DVDs, which is cool. But um, yeah, so. We'll see, but, you know, I, I liked, you know, so what I would say to wrap up the Anchorman thing, I would say all the actors nailed their roles. That was all good. I just thought a lot, a lot, so much was going on in the story. Maybe need to see it again, but who knows? So that's it. Okay, moving on to sports. Congrat. I want to say this. I want to say this. Congratulations to the New York Giants who went into... Detroit to play the Lions, who are looking at a playoff spot. They have everything to play for. They're battling back and forth with the Bears. Okay, they're still in the hunt. They're still in contention. The New York Giants mathematically eliminated. Nothing to play for. Have a ton of injuries. JPP didn't play. Victor Cruz didn't play. All of this stuff. And what did they do? They went in and they beat the Detroit Lions in overtime with a field goal. Still going down swinging and fighting. Great. And if they win next week, they'll finish the season 7-9. and nine. Not a great season, but you know what? When you start 0-6 and, and you do that, it shows that that's why they're the champions that they are. That's why they have the leadership that they have, the coaching staff that they have, and um, such a testament to Tom Coughlin. To keep, get a team on an airplane around Christmas time, they're thinking about gifts and their families and travel and everything, and getting them to play is awesome. So I tip my cap to the New York football giants who at least, you know, at least you're not like, oh, yeah, well, they lost. Because, you know, I, I always thought when a team goes 0-6, you figure they're going to be, you know. I knew I did predict. I predicted on the show. I said I think they were going to win four to the next five. They did. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens if they could go 7-9. and nine. But, you know, a lot of times when a team gets starts like that, you, man, it's like, man, is this going to be a 3-13 and 13 year? So uh, good for them. I heard the Knicks won tonight, but somebody got hurt. I didn't get to see it because I truly, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just, see, If listen, if the Knicks beat the Bulls on Christmas, I'll slowly start inching my way back. I mean, I always still keep an eye out on the score and I watch a little bit, but until they start winning consecutive games and play a defense, I can't do it. Um, what else going on in the world of sports? I don't like the whole BCS title game in football for college football being a month later, waiting to New Year's or, you know, after January. Just got to wait so long. I just, I you know, I wish there was something else to watch. But, um, you know, I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, the Yankees are spending a lot of money, and I don't know if I give a shit. The Knicks are making me not want to give a shit, and the Giants. And they did say this, and I might have to attest to it, but this is uh, as bad as New York sports has been in a long, long time, everybody. <laughs> this is, uh, these days are, whew, these days are not good. It's it's kind of shitty when, you know, you see, like, people in Oklahoma City, you know, with, like, storming the streets with Thunder t-shirts and feel good, and then you're in midtown Manhattan at the Garden, and people are walking out with their heads down. It, it's, it's a weird, it's weird. But that's what it is. So, all you could do is plug along and pray to the good lord that lebron james just has a dream about playing in the garden and winning a title here and them carrying him down the streets throwing rose petals in the air at his face and you know just i don't know he's just up there and he's got people you know throwing him burritos and well burritos would be la throwing him hot dogs and all the street food he wants and just giving him drinks and feeding him grapes down fucking Broadway and just, you know, giving him anything he wants and he's holding the championship and the streets are crying with people screaming LeBron because he brought a championship for the first time since 1973. You know, he's just being carried around like Caesar in the Roman Empire. You just got to hope he has a dream like that and he goes, the only way I'm going to feel like that is if I do it in New York. And then he just tells his agent, I had a dream last night, let's go to New York. But with the Knicks luck and my luck as a Knicks fan, he'd come to New York, he'd go up for a dunk, he'd crack his knee, he'd fall down, he'd never be the same player, and then make a documentary about how the guy who was about to be one of the greatest players ever, God forbid, I really hope that doesn't happen, but I mean, that, that's my luck. So, it's funny because when I go into my sports segments on my podcast, I'm like, alright, now for sports, and then it just goes to... Yeah, the Giants aren't going to make it. <laughs> it's like my sports segment on TVE lately have been like an AA meeting speech. <laughs> Hi, my name is New York Sports. Hi, New York Sports. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been a few weeks since my last win. <laughs> Man, that's pretty clever. It's been a few weeks since my last win, and I could just see that hater, that that, that you know, because there's like a like a, that one hater who goes on my iTunes and says something. So he'd be like, "Yeah, see, like he'll say something, and I'd be like, wow, that was clever.' And like, if it's really clever, you don't need to say it. You know, I was just I'm having fun, asshole. Okay. What else do we got here? We got some plugs, and then we're going to... Well, listen, this is what I want to say to everybody. Uh, have a great, great um, Christmas. If you're Jewish and you listen to this show, I hope you're having a great holiday season with your friends and your family. Um, my manager, David Kimowitz, is fucking awesome. He, David Kimowitz, my manager, his family, and I, they just know that it's such like a down and weird time for Jews that they get on a plane and they go to Puerto Rico this whole week until Christmas is over and then they come back. And it's just such a great, smart thing to do. Like they just all get on a plane as a family. They go to Puerto Rico. They hang out at the hotel. They're probably having a great time. 
They let all the Christmas stuff die down. Then they come back when Christmas is over and they're back in the swing of things. And I was thinking, I was like, man, if I was Jewish, this would be a lonely time, you know? <laughs> but uh, if you are, man, I hope whatever you, you know, I hope your Hanukkah was great. I hope you had good holidays. Um, you know, that's if you're a Verzi Effect listener. If you're not, then I hope your holidays were okay. Um, for everybody else celebrating Christmas um, and you listen to me, thank you. Uh, I hope you and your family have a great Great Christmas. I hope you get all the toys and presents and gifts and all the things that you want uh, or your kids do, at least with the toys. Because let's be honest, if you're a grown person and you're getting toys, um, you probably don't have a family. You're probably living with your mother still and you're probably working at the local Starbucks and your friend at that place is telling you you need to move on with your life and you telling him that you know, you're a late bloomer and all that stuff. So let's hopefully that's not you. Anyway. I hope everybody has a amazing Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Christmas Eve is big in my family. I'm excited for tomorrow night or I guess tonight. And um, I'm looking forward to being um, with everybody in, uh, on both days and uh, enjoying myself. And I hope you guys do the same. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is the, I guess this is the third Christmas that I'm doing the show. I think it is. I think it's the third Christmas. If not, correct me if I'm wrong, but this might be the third Christmas uh, show that I've done. So, uh, you know, deck the halls, jingle bells, silent night, let it snow, all that shit. I hope you, I hope, I hope you get everything that you want. Um, plugs. If, um, I don't talk to you guys before the show on New Year's Eve, which I, I, I don't know if I'm gonna, uh, so let me look at this real quick. I'm sorry. I'm going to look at this, and I'm going to tell you guys right now. So if today is the 24th, so and I normally do the show. Oh, yes, I will. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, wow, okay. So it's either going to be on my... Yes, so this is not the last one of the year, but obviously this is the last one before Christmas. So I will be back before the uh, new year. We'll maybe do a little bit of a uh, 2013... Uh, not a re- everyone does a recap, but just, you know, we'll talk about the year, everything that happened, all kinds of stuff like that. Hopefully have another movie to review for you guys. But, um, yes, but plugs. So if you guys want uh, some tickets, I don't know. There might be a few tickets left for the stand uh, shows. There is a, I will be on the 8 and the 10. I will be hosting the 8 and the 10 o'clock shows. Great lineups. So come out to those shows. And uh, now I have some January dates coming in. So after Christmas and right before uh, the new year, uh, they will be posted up on uh, www.paulverzi.com with all upcoming dates. And it looks like I will be going to uh, Hilarities in Cleveland with my good friend Giannis Pappas. Um, Giannis, it looks like Giannis is going to be headlining out there, and uh, I had the week off, and Giannis was like, dude, you want to come out? Let's uh, hit up Cleveland together, so I might be. That's not confirmed. I will let you know on the next podcast, but I know that a lot of people out in Cleveland were like, when are you coming back to Cleveland? So if you're listening to this, you're from Cleveland, you're in the area, um, please... Uh, come out. Giannis is fucking hilarious. We're going to have a great time. I'm going to be out there doing all new material from the last time that I was out there as well. So I will let you know if that definitely goes down. If it does go down, it's January 8th to the 11th. If you go and see Giannis anyway, but um, if I'm there, really, it's gonna we're going to have a great time out there. So I'll let you guys know, know about that. Um, 
And yeah, that's it. All the other dates will be on the website. Please follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. And uh, please keep your comments coming. Get me on Facebook. Go to uh, iTunes if you like the show and you haven't written a review or what you think of the show and let me know all that stuff. And, um, oh man, somebody wrote something to me and told me to talk about something and I didn't do it yet. So hold on. I might try to do this. Wow. I'm going to call an audible. I'm going to call an audible during this right now. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can find, I might be able to find this real quick while I'm here trying to deliver, delivering that question. Delivering the Christmas gift to that. No, that doesn't even make sense. It wouldn't be a Christmas gift. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can find this here. I think somebody said something uh, that they wanted to. Okay. Let's see. Is it MP3? The sound? Hold on one second, everybody. Dragged. Shit. I don't know. I got to find it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find it and then I'll try to put it on the next one. I'm sorry. Somebody asked me to do something and I don't see the question. They wrote me a question and they wanted me to put the question up and now I can't find it. Um, yeah. No. All right. Sorry about that, guys. I wanted to do that and because the person was probably listening going you know he says to you know we'll talk about whatever and then he can't find it uh and no i cannot find it so yeah that sucks also if you no all right well i'm sorry i tried everybody if i you know what's gonna happen right when this is done i'm gonna come back and you know what? Fuck this. Hold on a second. I'm putting this shit on pause. I'm putting this on pause and I'm going to find this. I'm going to try. So hold on. Oh, okay. Yes, I figured it out. Uh, I was talking. Somebody had said, um, you know, when you talk sports, you don't talk boxing. Ah, see, I remember they said, if you don't talk, you know, when you talk sports, you don't talk boxing. And um, no, you know what? I definitely need to do that more because I love boxing. I like boxing better than you, uh, UFC. Uh, ultimate fight yeah UFC I I do I think I just like the 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 not using anything else but your hands and just the speed and the footwork and the, just the, how tactical defensive all that stuff I love it um you know and real quick that you know what I'll say is you know I was a huge um Roy, uh, Roy Jones Jr. guy uh, at first I didn't like him because I thought he was cocky then I loved him uh, rolled dice with him out in Vegas. It was great. One night, it was a long story, but he was there. He was, it was the first time he was the first Tarba fight when he lost weight. But um, you know, I I've never I don't think I've ever seen anybody just break the code of boxers better than than um, Floyd Mayweather. I mean, Floyd Mayweather Jr. is he goes in there, he waits one round, he wait like one round. He just takes one or two rounds and he figures you out. And then, like, you know, and even what's his name? Uh, Canelo Alvarez said, he goes, yeah, we knew he was good. We, did, we didn't know he was that good. You know, we, we thought we were going to, I mean, and you're talking about a 25-year-old kid in his prime who should be ready to beat up on a 36-year-old, and he, he doesn't look like he's done anything, you know. Um, but, you know, I'll say this. we As boxing fans, we were all robbed. 
Look at this, going into a quick thing. Yeah, I, I'm just going to get into this. As boxing fans, we were all robbed to not have Mayweather and um, Pacquiao fight both in their primes. And I think it's we knew something with steroids or something was going on there. So it's easy for us to be selfish and say, oh, it should have happened. But something was going on, why it didn't happen. But I love boxing, and I want to check out some other fights. And the only problem with boxing, which the UFC has on them, is the UFC's got a big fight every week. The UFC's got big matches going on all the time. And boxing, you have these, like, once in a life... You know, you have, like, once in a... You know, Tyson comes around once a fucking lifetime. I mean, you know, Floyd Mayweather for his weight class. It's just so... We just need more people need to be, you know, get into it and stuff. And I think a big reason why it's not as big is because of the cheating. And because of the being fixed. And because of the Don King type promotions and stuff like that. Where it just people got turned off by it. Where major radio stations like The Fan and Mike Francesa and those guys. They don't talk about it because they just talk about how it's always fixed and shitty. Which sucks. But if it comes down to straight up real fighting... I love it, and I love uh, I love watching greatness like Floyd Mayweather and the speed and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely try to bring that up and talk about it more. But I'm glad that I got to bring that uh, bring that up in the show. So, all right, everybody, that's it. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all that stuff. Um, until next week, uh, I'll talk to you guys then. And for upcoming shows, go to the website, um, Uh I'll talk to you guys soon.